Hey, y'all. Welcome to Preaching to the Choir podcast with your host, me, Jen Randall. Today's episode is another one of our awesome collaboration episodes, and you are going to have such a great time hanging out with these besties and me today. Today's episode features Nick Kwame and Tori Brindis. They have worked together as choreographers, and so they're going to talk to us as what it's like to be a collaborator as far as two choreographers working together, and then also what it's like to collaborate with directors, collaborating with others in our field. It's an awesome conversation. Don't you worry. We got on about three or four soapboxes that will (laughs) become your mantras for the year, and also just learn so much about the dynamic between directors and choreographers and choreographers when they work together. So please enjoy this episode with Nick and Tori and me. I am so excited partially just because um I actually know you and that doesn't always happen so like I don't have the stress of being like okay these people don't know you in real life be normal be cool like you know I'm weird so like let's get weird let's get weird let's immediately get to no I just mean it's a huge I have my coffee I have my Stanley I've never felt more prepared for anything in my whole life yeah. <laughs> I only have the one beverage should I go get a secondary beverage um, maybe hey, you do what you gotta do we haven't seen each other in so long literally so long because has I- it really been so long or are you just being sarcastic no, no honestly, like the longest we bought in a long time <laughs> because we usually like FaceTime in the interim but I still don't have wi-fi at my house so oh it's like I'm just living mm. under a rock basically I also oh. go to California almost every May to stay with her like I've been every year since the year she got married and you didn't do it this year is it because you're moving just, it's just yeah. probably also it was like she's yeah. moving and I this is my first year in my new place too and That's like true. the first chunk of time that I've actually had off too so we're both just like in life transition yeah life happens also nick i feel like you were working like a dog for the entire month of may you were like i I kept logging in you're like and i'm off to teach an audition and i'm off to no it's not bad i just was like i was so relieved when i got to make because i was like not doing a damn thing and i'm like how is nick doing (laughs) when i started posting my plants again you know that i'm free you're home (laughs) And if there's a couch shot or a living room shot, I'm like, ah, oh, we're home. That's good. Maybe we're there. She is. <laughs> there it is, the green couch. So good. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about collaboration today, um, be- which I think is something that has, and you can tell me what you think on this, but I feel like it's become more common in the last like five years for especially choreographers, mainly what we're talking about today, to do a show truly collaboratively, not like. Tori does the opener in the second and Nick does the four in the close. Like literally you work together the whole time. So uh, we're going to like get to how you ended up there and, and how that's been a thing that you've done in your time and benefits of it and all that. But let's start with uh, your paths to show choir. So Nick is on my first side over here. So I'm going to let Nick start when I do questions just so that it's not sheer chaos. 
Uh, okay, so we'll start with Nick. You, oh, and introduce yourselves, of course, like anything you'd want us to know, like years doing this, you know, and all that kind of stuff as well. So Nick, hit us. What was your path to being a show choir professional? All right. Um, well, my name is Nick Kwame. I am a freelance choreographer based now in Des Moines, Iowa, but I grew up Yay! in Pullman, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yes, we just, hear it. Uh, just been a move in the last six months. Um, so yeah, I grew up there. My show choir journey started when I was in eighth grade. Okay. Um, I had been musical prior to that. I grew up taking piano lessons and mm-hmm. I was in band, but I had never really sang a whole lot and never yeah. danced ever. Oh. Um, yeah, interesting, right? So yeah. when I was in eighth grade, I was um, a three-sport athlete and I started growing like crazy. Anyone who knows me in real life knows that I'm kind of a giant. So um, when I hit eighth grade is when I started growing like crazy. So I got to a point where I had to quit playing all sports because I was oh. in pain. Oh. Yeah. So I was seeing a physical therapist like three times a week because I literally was just growing too fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is honestly what led me to show choir. So I had friends who convinced me to join because I wasn't really in anything anymore because right. I wasn't able to. Um, so yeah, that was when show choir started for me. And then it was all downhill after that. I went full force into show choir. Um, besides like musical theater, it's kind of all I did all through high school after that. Yeah. Um, and then my roundabout way, as far as um, professional life goes, it kind of took a few different paths. So I originally went to school um, at Viterbo University, a private school in La Crosse, Wisconsin, thinking I, I wanted to be a, a choir director. Oh, um, it's the worst. Don't do it, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I started there and they had a college show choir. So I was involved in that. So I still got to be kind of in that world. You got to host uh, the Turbo 101 at some point. I did. Yes, uh, I did. Streams come Good true. <laughs> Good memories. Uh, so yeah, I, w- Were I didn't you on do... a TV show. I, I'm, I'm I seeing also... if it's going to come up organically, but like Tori just like it. It. let's do it. it. <laughs> okay, that's coming in a second. Okay, going great. Chronologically, you don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, we've outed it. So I um, I did a year at Viterbo and bounced around majors a little bit. I really love show choir and I really love music, but there was something about the uh, commitment of being in the same room every single day for several months, year after year after year, that like freaked me out about it. It felt, I don't It's I don't a special kind it. of torture. You gotta really wanna do that, truly. I mean, and I can say that because I did it, so. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did a year of that. I also um, was performing in another group called the Grand River Singers. It was a group of adults um, in lacrosse um, that was a show choir, more so a community-based group. Um, We hosted a competition as well, the Grand River Show Choir, National Show Choir Invitational, question mark? It's dramatic, yes. (laughs) Right. It's now been been adopted by Central High School in lacrosse. They kind of took it over. Um, So I was in that group as well, and I was in that from my first year out of high school all the way until I think I was 23 okay and within that stretch with them yeah it was yeah so um was performing in that while I was in school as well and then I also started teaching and training at a dance studio um in lacrosse as well so Mm -hmm. um I was taken in to kind of take over their musical theater program because that was the majority Uh, of my background was show choir and theater um and then started taking class kind of at the same time and some of my friends that were in Grand River with me also taught there. So it was kind of okay. show choir slash dance studio life. Um, so yeah, that was one year at Viterbo. 
then I took a year off because I just wasn't sure where life was going. Right. For sure wasn't ready to, to be in the classroom. Um, and I actually went to cosmetology school. So yes. I did that and mm-hmm. was working at the dance studio full time. And I also was an assistant director in Holman where I grew up. Okay. Um, so I was kind of still dabbling in show choir a little bit, but more so focusing on the dance side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was kind of bouncing to do all those things for those five-ish years um, until I dove in headfirst. Um, yeah. I was... 24 was my first year that I went full freelance show choir moved and dove in headfirst so wow and then you Um, had like was it a decision to like I'm gonna now be a choreographer or was it like someone asked you to do something and it kind of snowballed and then you were able to do it full-time um it definitely was that uh I think for most of us it's that way I think so many of us that are doing it now, but also people who are interested in becoming choreographers want like a magical answer of like, here's how I did it. That's why I was laughing before. It was like, Mm -hmm. this is such a long story. And like, I sometimes now even look back of like, I have no idea how I got here. Okay, but there's such value in that because we do have so many people who are younger who do listen. And that is such a common question. And I think it's important for people to understand that it isn't a pathway that's like xyz and then you're here because i think a lot of people try to force it into being a pathway or i'll get a certain number of schools or i'll get big schools or whatever like the convoluted thing is they've got in their mind that will make them a success which i'm sure we'll talk about in a minute anyway but like that's so important that you tell your rambling story because that's kind of how it works most of the time at least or most of life in general so okay tell us about television now you conveniently almost skipped Um. it so the group that I performed in, the Grand River Singers, yes. we were um, approached by a production company through VH1. Uh, they did a sizzle reel on us, which is like um, the episode before a pilot. Right. So they filmed that one summer. Love it. It was just about the group itself performing, the relationships within it, the friendships within it, like weird small town Midwestern show choir. So yeah, that's incredible. Uh, there was a sizzle reel one summer and then we were signed on by VH1 yeah. to do a full season. So they uh, had a film crew of about, film and production crew, probably 25 people that moved to lacrosse for nine weeks and they filmed Dang. it straight. Oh my gosh. That's so yeah. crazy to think about. I never think about the production involved in those. Wow. 25 people. Crazy. Yeah. I, I laugh hysterically about it now and People always bring it up, like, weren't you on a TV show? I, yes, I was. I feel like I can't ever find as much of it as I want. Like, so much of it does exist on YouTube. You can go. I will put a link in the bio for it because that's <laughs> just what we do here. Um, but, like, I don't feel like you come off as a weird version of yourself. Like, do you feel like you were no. somebody that was, it was, that's, it's not like a real housewives version of show choir where no. Nick is like flipping tables and, you know, like refusing to come to someone's wedding unless you can sing a you know song or something like it's not that but it is it is no. a, a bit dramatic in those sorts of yeah. reality tv show kind of ways kayla was in it with you right kayla's in it she was yes um, um is mark in it uh he I can't was remember not, he was in the group but right. it was right after the show happened okay all right so poor mark missed his opportunity for that had been a hell of a story arc man <laughs> the show was called off pitch I don't think I've said that yet but it was called off pitch yes so you got to have your cool moment of VH1 fame I have an IMDB page <laughs> really wild 
<laughs> that's amazing. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool, dude. Okay, so now you are a show choreographer, and now we got to figure out how the heck Tori ended up here because, um, as always goes, no one has the same story because that's just how this works. So, all right, hit us up. Um, well, my name is Tori Brindis. I'm also a show choir choreographer. Um, I grew up in South Windsor, Connecticut, and um, I started doing show choir. Well, okay, I don't know how far back we're going, but I'm well, Connecticut already is always the part for me where I'm like, where is it? What is so, well, other than like Gilmore Girls, like that's my full extent of knowledge of uh, of Connecticut, but also not. Uh, not a huge number of competitive show choirs come out of Connecticut. No, and I, I mean, it's changing a lot these days, but the sure. post has always been um, just a weird bubble. Mm -hmm. It's kind of gained some momentum over the last few years, but sure. it also really did a number on it and lost a lot of schools in the yeah. last two. So it's just kind of a weird mm -hmm. uh, bubble, but it was a great place to grow up. And um, I have... Uh, I come from a really musical family and have sang and played instruments and done musical theater my whole life. My sister is a choir show choir yeah. in Boston. Um, both my parents are musical and arts were always a huge part of our life. And um, yeah, I started doing show choir in middle school. Okay. And I've been dancing my whole life. I started dancing at a studio when I was four. So okay. Um, I've always loved to dance. I've always tried to find as many outlets that included dance as I could. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I found show choir that, let me, let me be clear. Our middle school show choir was, we literally wore cummerbunds. I'm so excited about that. Shirt, and yeah. it was like a lot of swaying back and forth. Absolutely. Yes. But I literally ate it up. I ate it up. I loved every second of it. Mm -hmm. um, I did competitive choir in high school. We had like 36 people. We yeah, that's maybe, good though. Yeah, we maybe competed like twice. And yeah. I lived for it. That was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I went to SCA, which is where I like really started to fall in love with show choir. It was yes. the first time I had ever seen like real Midwest show choir. Was yes. Marysville was the performing show choir. Oh, yeah. When I was 16. And I just remember sitting in the audience like completely do you remember oh. what year you went for the first time? Six, girl. Okay, so it would have been their 2006 competition show that you saw because they do the one yeah. from the season prayer. Okay. Yeah, the only song I remember, I think it opened with like just around the river bend. It was all of like course it did. Song, maybe, and it was like <laughs> so magical. And awesome. okay, well I'm writing it down. I'll find one. it. Oh, good. Okay, good. I'm gonna find it online, guys. I'll put it in the in the uh, comments here. Okay, yeah, good. Um, so yeah, SCA was just kind of a huge part of how I fell in love with it and made yeah. a lot of friends. Um, I was a group counselor for a long time and then okay. kind of started to like work my way into assisting people. Mm -hmm. um, I went to college and I minored in dance and majored in Spanish language and culture. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Yep. So, um, and then I moved to LA right after college to pursue dance. Right. Okay. Um, um, and I was kind of like the first few years that I lived in LA, I was balancing between, do I want to do show choir or do I yeah. want to professionally? And it's a really hard line that like a lot of people get to that weird crossroad and it's a hard decision because it's teaching versus performing. Yeah. So I like kind of half did both activities and mm -hmm. ended up, you know, dancing professionally was awesome and really fun. And I learned a lot and I, I trained and 
and it was like a great experience but ultimately I love being in the classroom and I love teaching and creating yeah way more than I do being in the spotlight so yeah that's, I, yeah I think that that's not even if you're not talking about show choir I think that that's a thing that probably a lot of performers end up facing at some point in their career certainly certainly I think we all have friends who if not just ourselves who have done that thing oh, yeah. where it's like now what do I want to keep going on this path um okay so you did LA and you did kind of like you said half and half and then uh, I know in the last I don't know maybe three four four years maybe three years I mean you're doing a lot more on your own certainly now at this point I feel like you're doing it all by yourself most of the time as far as you not being the assistant we'll say right yeah so kind of what Nick was saying was like a lot of um our age choreographers right now so like Nick and Lexi mm -hmm. and Ellie Jordan and like we kind of have like our age gap of friends mm -hmm. all of us kind of went through the same process of being yeah. under someone who kind of like paved the way to like mm -hmm. teach us about this you know art form or whatever so I was working with Jared Voss for a long time and yeah. just kind of really learned the ropes of how to be a good teacher mm -hmm. um, got to know a lot of amazing people and programs and mm -hmm. now like you know we're transitioning and we're blossoming and we're yeah we're doing things and it's really exciting <laughs> I think that when we, who was, I can't remember who I was talking about this with the other day, but um, we're talking about like, it's almost like generational. Like you've got, well, Dwight is like his own generation. <laughs> Dwight and Miss Linda is like, I don't even know what we call that. It's like the, the literal <laughs> top of the pyramid, right? But then you have like the Jareds. April is the same age, April Jones. I actually think there's that inner generation of like Damon Brown, Mike. Lee. That's a good way to describe that. Mm. Okay. Yes, that's a good point. Yes, because there is, it's like a micro generation, like Xenials. Yes. It's like Andy almost, Haynes. yeah, almost the same age, but not quite. We're happening at the same time, but in a different way. Like, and yeah. then like, I think about Stephen Todd, April, Randy Sage and, yeah. and Jared all are literally like almost the exact same age and would have all been SCA at the same time, but didn't necessarily like do the whole specific apprentice path kind of more like y'all's age group is like I say that because I'm the same age as like Stephen and all that but like y'all are not that much younger than us but it, it's a different thing it was kind of a different way of doing that when that when you guys started having those opportunities um I I wonder and you know certainly I know this can be tough to talk about but like do you feel like this is that's beneficial to have done it that way I know you don't know any other way but like do you, do you feel like that was a good way to go about doing that as kind of apprenticing under someone? Do you think there's anything we could do different in the future? Would you ever take on an assistant yourself at this point? Let's like talk about it in that context. I'm gonna start with Nick again. Sure. Um, for me, that's the only reason I have the career I do is because okay. of the opportunities that were given to me. Um, sure. Before I was assisting, I was assisting Kevin Chase for those of you who don't mm -hmm. know me who are listening. Um, the the biggest opportunities happened when I started working with him. I had a lot of great opportunities within my hometown that I was really blessed with, mm -hmm. which I always give as a piece of advice to, um, yeah. like the programs that you grew up in, whether the middle school, the high school, assisting, yeah. choreographing a spring number, a musical, anything that you can do from the people that you know, mm -hmm. is like the easiest first opportunity. But um, yeah, it was really assisting Kevin that really gave me a lot of opportunities kind of like Tori said I I networked and met a ton of people through that yeah um, where I was able to then have my own career and mm -hmm. um I have I'm to the age now where like I have kids who were my students that are now directors and now hiring yes. me to choreograph for them like it just started happening like last season 
Um, so that's True. been really <laughs> weird, but really cool. Oh, um, tell me about lots it. of full circle <laughs> moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that what you're saying about, oh, and I should say Kevin's that same age group too, like that we were talking about with Stephen, they would all been at SCA together, but um, uh, what you're talking about, how it's like networking is such an important part of it. Um, I think that's a, a, an important, but like a sticky thing that not everybody has figured out in our universe. Like there's a difference between knowing people, making sure they know what you do, making sure you're available and they know that and like pushing like, and like cold calling people and trying to steal groups out from under people. Like there's some of that stuff that are, both of you are making these icky faces. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> you didn't think I was going to like say terrible shit today. You clearly haven't listened to enough of the podcast. No, it's like, uh, that's the kind of stuff that like, <clears throat> I think is so important and why we talk about this in this forum, especially because um, it's a safe space. You can just listen to us talk about it. You don't have to <laughs> chime in. Um, but it's also important to know that those are things that are happening and we probably should look at that and maybe not do that stuff anymore. <laughs> Networking doesn't have to be oogie. Okay, Tori, talk a little bit about that same concept there. Yeah, so I think a couple things with that, like with the comment you just made, I mm -hmm. feel like that was something that was avoided for Nick and I and mm -hmm. like longer our age gap is I agree being under someone who would tell you like don't do that or like yes. don't go doing business that way that's not having the mentor mm -hmm. versus you know if you're a new kid bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and you're really wanting to get into show choir of course you're going to plaster it all over show yeah. choir pages and you know like come off way like just way too mm -hmm. much so mm -hmm. to have someone above you to help you in that way I think was great I think the um Nick is right that I don't think I would even be doing this if I didn't have someone to kind of like walk me through that process. Yeah. I will say the only thing that um, that is something to just be weary of is like it can become a security blanket and you can become really comfortable yeah. being just someone's assistant and never challenging yourself to like try to do some stuff on your own on the mm -hmm on the side or like Nick was saying do a spring number or go back and do a middle school by yourself but the more exposure yeah. you get to do to having complete ownership because it's a completely different ball game when you're doing this professionally on your own versus as a team mm -hmm. and like a lot of people myself included just at a certain point like I it's really hard to do by yourself and I that's why I prefer collaboration I feel like my friends who are very and again, I hate this word, so I always use quotes, successful choreographers, because I don't really know how you deem that. But like successful choreographers tend to be the people who understand that it's a teaching, it's a servant leadership position. It's not, look at how famous I am in front of these children. Like, right. What even is that? That's, that's not when you do it professionally. Like if that's what yeah. you're facing, yeah. then you should not be a teacher. No, you can, you can go perform or work at Starbucks or something. I don't know, but don't be here. Don't, don't do right. that. Kids don't need to watch that behavior and, and think that that's okay. Cause that's actually how we get into some of the pickles that we get into with uh, people not understanding that kind of stuff. Um, so let's talk about like you two specifically collaborating together. Like when did you meet each other? When did you decide to start working together? Kind of, you can decide who wants to talk and you can walk us through that. <laughs> Nick, you can start. Um, this is a hard question to even answer. Um, I well, for like everyone, really... just to start off, Nick and I are best friends, <laughs> period. Um, 
and our friendship just blossomed because we started doing show choir together yes that's a good Truly, place to yeah. start yep um it was 2015 maybe that seems we, plausible um, we really connected at somebody's wedding where we spent an evening like chatting the entire night that was kind of the start of it um but I used to live in Iowa City and Tori and Jared choreographed a group there so she would always stay with us and that was kind of the start sort of by accident like when my house became their lodging um <laughs> so yeah we she was living with me whenever she was on the road uh which she still does now like we were yeah. just texting the other day she's like are you gonna be in Des Moines on these dates and I said no but you can stay with my cat I'll just give you the code like it, my house is yours but, there you go um right it really was uh our first working experience that probably really propelled all of it which was at Waukee um, okay. when they added Nova so Tori and I were both working there prior to that she was doing the top group with Jared and I was doing the prep group by myself Okay. Um, and when they created Nova, their idea was to bring the two of us together to kind of bridge the gap between Smart. the two. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the rest is truly history. That was <laughs> that was what did it all. Okay, yeah. so how many groups, you can tell us this part, Tori, like how many groups have you done? Are you currently doing that you do together? So Nova was honestly like our baby. Mm -hmm. And because those walkie split now into two high schools, that group right. exist anymore. So like it truly has a special place for both of us because mm -hmm. it doesn't exist. And that was like super yeah. fun. Um, so Nick went to the new high school and I stayed at Old Waukee. Okay. Um, so other than that, now we do um, Sioux Falls together. Which one? Jeff? Jefferson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Guys, I'm judging this year. Did I tell you that? Oh, fun. So yes, that'll be so much fun. Um, so we, yeah, we do that together, which is awesome. Nick was so nice and like brought me into that project and that's also a new high school. So that was like really exciting. And John's a really good director and totally understanding of collaboration and wanting that too. So I can see that being John Parazzo. Yeah. He's an angel. Um, and then we're also doing, uh, Papillion La Vista South girls group. Yes. Are you doing it together? Yes. I love that. Freaking Papio South. I think when I... I mean, I, I probably was going to ask you guys this anyway, but like when you think of like groups that are attached to your name, like when people think of X, they probably think of your choreo, like from the outside, Papio South stuff for me with Tori is like Papio South. Like, and I, it, it there, if you've not seen it again, I'll throw some stuff in the, in the comment section where you can see it, but it's, um, it's a very specific style, like the way that Scott and uh, Brian Scott Dugdale and Brian Johnson planned those shows is a very specific style too that goes inside you know what I mean like they don't ever look or sound like everybody else and I love that because we get some derivative stuff in our world so it's fun when things are different but okay so if you had to say like people probably associate me with x group like if you had to pick one you can choose who goes first if you both have one I know that's tough who do people come up to you most often and say, oh my gosh, I saw blank and I loved it. Like, is there a school that most often gets said that about? Probably Franklin Central for me. I, that makes sense. I could see that. Yep. Or honestly, Papio South. This past, mm -hmm. I got a lot of really sweet text messages from friends about Because them. they're incredible. Yes. But yeah. F, so FC Singers, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nick, what do you think? Um, I feel like mine has sort of changed because I'm kind of going through this phase right now of I feel like I'm spreading out a little bit where yeah. like when I first started my career I was like 
all Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota. Right. And so I feel like it's a little different now because I'm kind of in different pockets doing different things. So right now um, I think of you in the South so much. That's what I was just going to say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I do. Which is good. um, I'm thrilled to have seven groups, I think. Seven groups between Mississippi and Alabama. So be honest, it's just about the beaches, right? (laughs) Oh, the best. That's so good. Um, so this last school year, I would say for me, that group was Tupelo Synergy. Yeah. Um, it's a trouble group um, in Tupelo, Mississippi. It's just like mm-hmm. an hour and a half from Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were a new program to me, but it was one of the coolest experiences of my career. So that was okay. amazing this year. I love that. Also, I love that I guessed right. That makes me happy. Like I'm paying any level of attention to your lives. Yay. Um, <laughs> so when you're collaborating, so let's go back to like Nova time and you can, you can think about it with that lens on, but like when you're in a room and you're creating, I think for those of us who are not dancers, there's a lot of misconception about like what goes into the process of creating choreography. First of all, I think there are a lot of directors who just assume that you're like making it up as you're on stage, which is insane, by the way. If you have not figured that out yet, that they're putting like hours of work in in advance, most of the time, um, grow a brain. But like, if you are watching a collaborative process on stage between two choreographers that can be a lot different than when you just have one up front and what that looks like but take us into the behind the scenes a little bit like when you're in the room together when you're planning like a little bit of the process if you're willing to share um i think well a big part of it is like as an individual choreographer you come up with a system that works for you for your creation so sure huge part of collaboration is molding what you already know about your creation process with someone else's who actually might be completely different so like when Nick and I got together you can sit in a room and just dance to music all day but it's like (laughs) we both have to talk about like let's make some blocking pictures like what right do we want to see here like um you know okay we're in this section where we want to have two or three different layers of choreography do we want mm-hmm. to up each layer together do you want to make up a layer and I make up a layer and then right we try them next to each other and see how they look so it's like there's a lot of it takes twice as long okay there's a lot more how do you feel about this or like sure instead of just doing something that instinctually you would want to do by yourself yeah do you find that that's awkward do you feel like you're walking on glass probably not because you guys are actual friends and you can probably say real things to each other I would say that's like one of the best things about our work relationship is like she's my best friend so like a lot of the time I feel like the things that would maybe be stressful yeah about this become like funny been like since we're dealing with it together yeah like well here goes you know and at least (laughs) I have you to giggle with and figure this out um I think a a lot of the times when you're on the road by yourself it becomes that of like oh my god I have so many things for me to worry about and Mm -hmm. even just having someone else sitting next to you like okay we have four more eight counts we can do this like just that yes it's like game changer it's it's very clear to me my friends who do choreo mostly solo during the season anyway uh during that time frame when you're traveling all the time their mental health takes a noticeable dive during that time frame they know it too I'm not like you know saying that as new obviously to anybody but um you know it's it's interesting from the outside because we don't travel like that generally we don't like live in a hotels or like an airbnb or like a director's house you know like randomly all the time on the road either driving or flying plus you're having to be creative and you're having to like 
pull all this information out of like essentially nowhere. Plus you maybe were creative last week and you have to be creative next week. Like I would imagine that I'm stressing you both out right now. Just thinking about it. Yes. Oh, just it's <laughs> spot on. <laughs> You're nailing like, it. I have many, many friends who do this, but also I will say this. I do have a newfound appreciation since I started traveling more because I do clinic work, which is not remotely like what you guys are doing, but I understand that toll a little bit better, I think. Um, and I would say that probably working to, Together, as you said, just having another person probably helps your mental health more than anything, you know? That's my favorite part about collaboration. And I think mm -hmm. why I always want to do it is because of, it's a deep, dark hole at a certain point in the season every year mm -hmm. where like you just are empty, you don't have any dance moves left, and you just want to be in your own bed. Um, but to like come home after a long rehearsal that maybe was stressful and to like, just have someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's not as lonely and it's just the best. Do you identify as introverts or extroverts just out of curiosity? I, I, I mean, I would peg that Tori's more of an introvert, but that could be wrong about that. You nailed it. And okay. I think anyone who meets me just assumes I'm an extrovert. Like if you watch me in a classroom, <laughs> watch me in front of a group of kids, I'm totally extroverted. But then I come back to my hotel room and I just cry because I'm so. <laughs> you can be an extroverted introvert. I just learned yeah. about that. I didn't know that like you could do, you could kind of have a, like an outward face of extroversion, but really it's about, of course, how you feel fed. Nick, I would assume you're an extrovert, but I feel like I shouldn't pin that on you. Like it might be more I... introversion. I was going to say I'm an extroverted introvert. Right. So okay. yeah, I I feel like it's changed a little bit as I've gotten older and more into Mine my career. Yeah. Um, I love social time. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as like recharge time goes, I have to be alone and I truly have to be in my own space to really yes. rest and feel good. And, and that's mm -hmm. part of the beauty of having my own space. Um, I live by myself mm -hmm. um, and it's just my sanctuary. It's where yeah. I'm happy. It's where I'm comfortable. You get um, to make all I, the choices. You get really, to be in I've charge had, of everything. I've had amazing roommates and people that I adore, but it's just, you don't it's recharge different. the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. very different. I wonder too, if like, when you're thinking about plotting your season, I think you guys have done it long enough. You probably are aware of this and are thinking about this when you're planning your season, but that's, I think the key mistake we watch everyone new to it make everyone universally. I don't think I've ever seen a choreographer who's jumped in for the first couple of years and not done this where you end up by year three to five over scheduling yourself to the point where you're like broken. Like, I feel like you both are past that phase of your life where you <laughs> may be doing that stuff. Um, Tori is loudly laughing, but <laughs> some of that is hard too. When you go out on your own, like you have to have that cycle too. Like it's different from when you're an assistant, like you're not choosing the schedule when you're assisting someone, but like when you can make your own choices, it feels like, Oh, on paper, this looks totally doable. And then like, you're living it. Like what the hell was past me doing? This was fully insane. So like, what's the happy number of groups for each of you where you feel like I'm doing it but I'm not drowning. Nick is grabbing his calendar and counting right now. <laughs> like, or have you found it yet? Do you feel like you're still bouncing around from too many to too few? Um, I, have, I feel like this past season, I hit a place of um, feeling good about the number I have, but mm -hmm. also being very specific about saying yes to something new. Sure. Um, I, whereas for a long time, and I'm sure Tori would agree, 
it was just say yes to everything because it was, mm-hmm. it's still exciting. It still is like the coolest day when someone's like, Hey, I would love for you to come work with my kids. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, some, someone wants me to come teach their children. They I think never I'm going to swim. Right. <laughs> Which like when you're scheduling, it's like, Oh, I can fit one more. And then when you get to that one more, you're like, Oh my God, why did I do one more? <laughs> but um, I'm going to count my number. Hold on. While he's counting for me, I don't know that it's necessarily like an X number because mm-hmm. Some schools I spend more time at than other schools. That's fair. Yeah. For me, this year, it was just making sure that I have uh, a day off in between every project. Yes. Travel or mental health or whatever. Like, as long Mm -hmm. as I give myself at least a day to travel and then maybe a few days off a month if I actually fly to my house and get new clothes for the next (laughs) six weeks. I'm so stressed for you. <laughs> it's just, it's coming, guys, but you're going to be fine. It's going to be great. Okay, Nick, what's the number? We're ready. We're waiting. Um, This next season, I'm doing 22. You know what? That feels very reasonable. I know that when people get to upwards, upper 20s, and like occasionally you'll hear somebody get to a 30, and I'm like, you're going to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know I, had a, I had a couple of years of like 26 ish. But yeah, I don't know. Like I was saying, I feel like I'm, I'm to a point where like, I would rather say yes. I don't know if this is going to make sense. I would rather say yes to like doing a middle school at one of my high schools than taking on a whole nother high school program. Like I would much rather build into a school and like do their middle school, do their prep group, do their top group Mm -hmm. where I get to make a relationship with the the teachers, the kids, all the kids. Yes. Yeah. Like rather than a whole new school. I don't know. I just, my time is different to me now than it used to be. And you're really I good at that too, those. about building those relationships. I feel like you're better than a lot of us are about that. And so I could see that making sense for you where it's like, you get to dig in and be present in the whole stack, you know, and get to build those relationships. Um, also, I think probably not everybody is always doing the whole show. So that kind of changes things. Yeah. If you're only doing for a sure. number or two um, out of all of that, for sure. Um, when you are, traveling during that time and you're coming to a school if it were a brand new school and you were meeting the director for the first time and you could lay down any ground rules you needed to or tell them anything you needed to tell them like what is it that you wish that directors understood when you're coming in to work with their kids I can see they have their thinking I I think just like the toll that it takes on your personal life Mm, mm -hmm. like the sacrifice for you to be there and how how much like I've actually heard you talk about this Jen on on this mm-hmm. show with other choreographers of like how simple a gesture goes of like having water for you or like offering to go grab lunch so you don't need to or like yeah you know, I honestly think the most like human gestures are mm-hmm. make a big difference and just being op- being collaborative and being open and mm-hmm. like feeling like this is something that like I feel like working with Nick I've noticed mm-hmm. it's like I always feel comfortable voicing what I need to say to him because I know I'm gonna be met with with a listening ear and love because he's yes and like I I would hope that from any director mm-hmm. as well instead of the like you work for me I own you it's such a bad look like it really <laughs> makes you want to vomit a little bit <laughs> 
not a good thing. I mean, there may be our choreo. No, I can't think of a single choreographer who's like, please treat me like an employee. That's the dream. <laughs> that seems unlikely. But also knowing that every person is different. And I think getting yeah. to know your choreographer enough to know maybe what they would want or ask them if you don't know, I think it's probably good instead of just assuming. I mean, for me, it's like when I travel places, I don't want... I want to drive myself. Like, that's a big deal. Like if I have to fly, I want to have a car. I don't want to have to like be beholden to somebody. So I started being really open about that and no one's had a problem with it. It's just, it was a matter of me just saying, I just, I need that. Cause that for me was part of my self-care and being present, having to be on in a vehicle with either an Uber driver or a parent, or even the director just adds another layer of stress to the experience. You're both nodding like wildly. So like, <laughs> That's the kind of question that you can ask too. If you're not sure, like, you know, what's your transportation preference? What's your food preference? Would you like to go out to lunch together and we can talk and collaborate? Or would you rather have food brought in and I can give you a quiet space to be alone? Like either might be good. What you just said is very nice. Well, (laughs) I don't have a group guys. So neither of you can be my choreographer (laughs) and I can't ask you that, but maybe people will listen. There you go. I don't know, Nick, what do you think about that? Yeah. Um, 100,000%. Um, I think when I think about my groups that I have now and the groups that I continue to work with year to year, a lot of the people I work with are my closest friends because I see them so much and I work with them so much, but, um, I think someone who's understanding Mm -hmm. for me, someone I feel comfortable around is how I can do my best work. If I don't feel supported or cared about, like, I'm never going to be able to give them what I should. Mm -hmm. Um, and just like she said, like, grace and something as simple as like hey could we change the hours tomorrow so I can sleep more and for someone to be like yeah because it's just I don't know I just sometimes people don't think about things like that of like oh what hours are you the most productive or uh another coffee seven o'clock do you need another you know like yeah things like that but like I'm never going to have a great rehearsal when you're starting at 8 a.m. Sorry, it's not happening. I stayed I don't up think till I know 2 a.m. Anybody who does. Yeah, I don't think anybody, even the kids. Uh, Stephen yeah. Todd said probably in his interview, but for sure has said it to me for years that like they're also not your entertainment. Like it's fun when you guys come into town because sometimes, like Nick is saying, we are friends, yeah. but they are there working. And so you have to be careful about like the balance of that. It's not like, hey, you, the director, are done for the day. So if you want to go to a bar and restaurant and hang out for four hours and drink, I mean, that's your decision. Right. They don't necessarily have the time <laughs> or the desire or the frankly mental capacity at that point to like be part of the entertainment sector for you because they're right. visiting so that's sometimes matters. yes sometimes for sure we need but again ask like like hey we planned a party for you oh god <laughs> like that's that's only happened to me one time and I know the person does not listen so it's fine for me to say this but like <laughs> I that was the worst experience that's ever happened to me I was like that's the opposite of what I would want to do after <laughs> clinicking your children for eight hours no uh-uh <laughs> Nope. I need to go watch Gilmore Girls. Look, we've come back to that. Um, Okay. So when collaborating and hiring two choreographers, since this is a little bit newer, I feel like this notion of like two equal footed, nobody's the assistant. You guys are literally collaborating. So if I, as a director, am wanting to hire two, I mean, do we need to seek out someone who's already working together? Do you, can you broach that with an existing one choreographer? Like what's the protocol and the 
workings around that because it feel, I'll be honest it feels a little iffy for me that stresses me out just a tiny bit like weird territory for sure okay great that makes me feel better that's a little bit weird for everyone involved um but yeah just like how does that work uh for sure I think is a conversation that has to be had and I mean I've had it happen even for this coming season somebody wanting somebody else to come into the equation which immediately are you offended immediately was okay I was great, like great. did <laughs> I do something actually, wrong that's my worst nightmare <laughs> that, this situation literally just happened to both of us this past okay. season so this is really interesting that we're talking about it okay it's almost so like yeah. I planned that <laughs> I think a conversation has to be had and I think it needs to be really clear from everyone um what you're wanting from the situation and also maybe what you're not getting because it immediately made me turn into like, oh, well, what did I not do right? Right. Which really, the the main reason that this person wanted someone else was um, the director is male, and so am I. So he wanted a female in the room. Okay. And two, efficiency. He wanted more done in a shorter amount of time. So like okay. both valid things and nothing I should be upset about. <laughs> but my immediate reaction was like, I'm so bad at my job. Once I realized what he wanted, I wasn't at all offended. It was right. just my initial reaction was that. Um, did they let really... you pick the person? Was it like they already had someone in mind? Was it like uh, he knew who I also collaborate with often? Okay. So it was all people right. that I would have asked anyway. That's what yeah. I was going to get to. I was going to say if it is something that somebody wants, I think it's really important that the person you already have on board is the person deciding. Yeah. Um, I will just say this because she listens and she's friends with all of us. But Lexi and I just started doing a group together last school year, the new Waukee High oh, School Eos? We did together. Yeah, 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 and. We both had the same conversation before we started last year of like, okay, I'm, I really like you and we're really great friends, but I'm also really nervous about this. Yeah, And she yeah. was like, well, I feel exactly the same. So it's just something that it's made our friendship incredible. Like I yeah. feel so close to her now because we've, we have this together. Mm -hmm. um, but it takes, it takes energy and effort to make, yeah. make it work and to be healthy. Yeah, yeah toxic there can't be pairing a lot of a ego. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, that happens in our world, unfortunately, pretty often. So yeah. yeah, but you guys are smart enough to know that. You've lived through like being in our universe long enough to understand that ego creates the toxic work environment. Like that's yeah. just kind of the bottom line there. But okay, Tori, you can tell us your thoughts on that. Well, I think you nailed it with um, just giving, if, if that is something that you're wanting as a director, mm -hmm. you- a hundred percent bring it up to your choreographer but it is it's an agreement that needs to be supported by both sides I think so like mm -hmm. my situation this past year it was a school that uh had already had collaboration in the past okay and I've been there for a long time and mm -hmm. it was he kind of approached me as like why don't you give some suggestions of who you would want to work with and okay. I would some suggestions of people who who I am interested in as well and we will kind of go through all of those people and talk through you know why we why we think it would be a great fit whatever so after a lot of back and forth time ultimately it was their decision but it, it you know it was someone who I really love and same situation as Nick like and I'll say it because he probably listens but it's Heath Gimar yeah yeah we have never worked together before and mm -hmm. 
he's incredible. He's a great friend. And I know that he's an amazing like a rocket scientist randomly, but yeah, rocket scientist, but That's also smart. amazing dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm giving had, with two hands, you know, literally. So but we had this <laughs> situation where we both were like, we've never done this. We've never worked with each other. Yeah, I'm nervous about it, but I'm also really excited. And it ended up being fantastic. That's okay. I love it. the resolution here for both of you is it ended up being fantastic. Um, I think uh, I will say from the director side of things, like, and again, I don't have a group currently right now that I would be dealing with this with, but as more and more people are coming to the forefront and doing it on their own and doing it really well and honing their skills, you know, there's such a bevy of humans out there to choose from. And I think sometimes we just get excited at the notion of like, I also like what they do. I also like what they do. Like, it's not necessarily about like, I don't like what you're doing. It's more like, I also like what they're doing. Is there a way to put it together? Um, Would you prefer just, I mean, this is a preference thing, so there's no right or wrong. Would you prefer for it to be, and it's probably a case by case basis, working together for a whole show or half of the show I'm doing, half of the show you're doing? I mean, I would rather split every show with Tori and do them all together. (laughs) Duly noted, we'll keep that in mind, guys. You heard it here first. If you have either Nick or Tori as a choreographer, <laughs> this is what we're doing now. <laughs> um, I think that there's something really special when you're collaborating with someone that yeah. your product is so different no matter what you would do on your own. Like it's never yeah. the same when there's two brains. Um, yeah, I, I truly would collaborate for every show if I could. Okay, it's that's just good to know. Feasibly, it doesn't make sense, and travel and schedule-wise, it's a nightmare. Yes, um, I imagine that to be true. Mm-hmm. That That's another part of it, too, that I think is important that directors and people know, too, is when you want two professionals at the same exact time, it is probably going to cost more, and that's just part of it. That was my um, next question, yeah. Yeah, I think to expect to just split a fee down the middle for two people when they're giving the same amount of days is not feasible. Okay, but um, are you charging in general the same amount you would charge to do a full show by yourself? Okay, so this is one option. You're charging what you do your full show by yourself. Let's just pretend that number is $10, okay? So $10 is what you charge. Guys, that's insane, by the way. Uh, $10. <laughs> no, that's, that's what I charge. That's what I charge. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've had some people that don't want to talk to you. Or if you were splitting a show just in half, let's say, that's $5 per person. We're saying that is not enough. So would you expect to each of you get $10 or would you expect for each of you to get $8? I, I, at this point, would mm-hmm. expect that we both get ten dollars. Okay. I, I would say if you would have asked me maybe three years ago, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like there is a certain point where we have to advocate for ourselves. And Nick nailed oh, it. Oh yeah. It's not the choreography. It's not the teaching time. It's the days away from my family and my home, and mm-hmm. this the toll that it's taking on my physical and mental health. Mm-hmm. Is that's what you're paying for. You're paying for all parts of it. Yeah, it's not just a five, six, seven, eight for sure. I don't have so a problem with that. Saying no, you're saying no to someone else to say yes, yes to that is also mm-hmm. part of it. So like, mm-hmm. yes, it's more expensive, but I also told someone else I couldn't do their group because I did yours. So Okay, good. Because this is basically what I told a director who added me a couple of uh, months ago about like, the whole, like, I don't think it's fair that they're being paid as much as they're being paid. I had to kind of go through the whole discussion of like, 
that's your decision. You can hire someone cheaper, but you're getting what you pay for that part of it. And also you're paying for their time outside of like the life that's being taken away from them essentially. And thirdly, like you're not doing less work. You're doing collaborative work together. It's not the same. It's not like your job is easier because you're both there. It might be mentally easier. It might be more fun in the process, but it's the same amount of work. It's not less work. Absolutely. And going back to what I said earlier, the creation time for two or more people is going to take twice as long Mm -hmm. because you're weeding through all these ideas. You're not just acting on instinct. Yes. And yeah. And also there's the benefit of that, of like getting to weigh it against somebody else's thoughts and opinions. But like you said, the the time that it takes to do that takes precedent. I think that's good. That's an excellent point. Cause that's, I think people's number one question is always money and that's yeah. okay. I mean, that's just part of the deal. Um, do you both feel like you're in a position where you are comfortable asking for what you need and that you are being paid it? Or do you feel like you're still in a position where sometimes you are not having that happen? Awkward faces. God, I'm enjoying this so yeah. much with you too. I think Tori and I are both similar humans where we want to be able to help however we can. And we know That's that sometimes, you. <laughs> sometimes we know that people can't do what everyone can. Mm-hmm. Um, I, however, am to a place now where I'm moving more of, if you do not understand that this is my career and this is what it costs to have me, then I do not feel comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. If you want to try to talk me down on what it costs to have me, one, I'm offended, but two, how dare you? Like, this is my profession and my career. Talking so. you down feels terribly condescending and gross that I'm sorry if that is still happening to either of you. That's disgusting. <laughs> Not anymore. Good. Tori, what do you think? Same. Um, no, I agree. I think I, for me, I just am uncomfortable asking, but I have found that I now am just working with mostly people who are my friends at this point. And mm-hmm. I, I, at, you just realize at a certain point, you're the only person who can advocate for what you need. That's one of the hardest things, but also something that I learned through collaborating with someone before me who taught me that, like, Mm -hmm. you're only going to get what you ask for. So if you're not, if you're not voicing what you need, then you're never going to be satisfied. So, Mm -hmm. but I'm also, I mean, I think there's a point too, where like, just have a conversation with me. Like if it's a money thing that you're really concerned about, I would love to know why, what the issue is. Like, mm-hmm. how can we maybe get to this point maybe in mm-hmm. the next couple years? Like if you show me that we're building yes. to this dollar amount, I, mean, I hate to even talk, make it about money, but- um, It matters. Know. It's a business. It's your life. So like if I want to do a show for $10 and- mm-hmm this group says like, you know, like we really want to have you, but we can only afford six, but we're going to increase our fundraising and next year we'll pay seven. And then the next year we should be able to pay you $10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would be like, thank you. I really appreciate that. Let's mm-hmm. do it. I've seen plenty of situations where that exact thing has occurred. And I think that that's like the most logical way to go about doing that. Okay. Let's talk about the Oogie other thing in the room when it comes to doing this kind of work, which is the leaving. So either you are choosing to leave the ensemble and no longer work with that person, or they have chosen to go a different direction. Um, Talk to me about like best ways of handling that from your side of the ball. If somebody has decided to go a different direction, it wasn't your decision. It's someone you still wanted to work with. What is, 
I mean, there's no great way. I know that, but what's the best way to handle you feel like that kind of a situation? A phone call or a face-to-face meeting. It's not a text message and it's not an email thing. And it's so true. uh, Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've seen and heard like a a lot of this just in the last few years from close friends of mine who do what we do. And it happens all the time. It's Mm -hmm. not to be ashamed of or take Mm -hmm. personally, but, um, I don't know. Next. I feel like it's easier to take personally if it's done poorly. Of course. Like that's what I'm that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like phone I call. Feel like, face face. Um if it's a situation sometimes I feel like it's a situation that works itself out. Like you yeah. both know it's not working anymore, which I'm yeah. thankful most of the times I've left a group or split, it's been that of like mm-hmm. this is clearly not working or etc yeah um I think part of it too and Tori you can agree if you'd like um just with where we're both at in our career I think there are certain groups that you start with and you build a career with and they're building and then sometimes it's just time you outgrow each other mm-hmm. yeah um, and I think those conversations are less hard because you know um yeah. but those are also some of those programs too where you were just talking about where like you we started together at this amount but now I'm in a new place and it costs this much. Yeah. And we have to figure out how to bridge that. Otherwise we have to f- go a different direction. And that's just part of it. Um, it's, I mean, it's like a breakup. There's no good yeah. way. There's no- <laughs> That's why I said, I know there's no great version of this. I also think a lot of that culpability lays on a director in that scenario though, in the sense that, and I can, I always lean on the fact that I did this so I can say this, which there's so much like, I don't know why we go to the like anger offended place all the time as directors about everything. Like you being like, I need more money now because I do X amount and I've worked this long and blah, 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 blah. I can see, I can picture the reaction from certain directors of like, well, how did that, you know, like, I don't understand that. Um, and so I'm saying that into the void, knowing that those are the type of people who do not listen to the podcast. But like, if that's out there in the universe and that's being said at a conversation, let's say you're at a dinner together with a bunch of directors and someone says something oogie like that. You need to say something about that because again, this is their livelihood. This is their life. So advocating for people to be paid a fair wage for their work Uh, is always hard in creative world because there's no standard for that. There's not an obvious pay scale for that. Um, And so we should be supportive of each other and not like, well, I don't want to pay that. Because if you don't want to pay that, fine. Then go use someone who charges you less knowing that it's probably going to be less because you get what you pay for. So um, that's my small soapbox about that. Pay people what they're asking. It matters. Also to add to your soapbox, mm-hmm. paying people in a timely fashion. Oh my God. Them that you respect them and their time. Guys, I literally have $8,700 in outstanding invoices that were all due within the last 40 days. Like, um, that's in like February, a car payment. <laughs> like in, that's like a mortgage payment. Three of them. And in, yeah. in the month of March, I was at $29,000 of unpaid invoices. Oh no. Oh my God. It's so much worse. <laughs> oh my God. Guys, we're not making up numbers. This is real. Like if you think that it's okay that your district is late because it's just your district, everyone thinks that, which then means that every check that we are waiting on is late. Like well, it's not, there's no exception. 
And here's the thing that makes it weird is when you work with your friends, when a lot mm-hmm. of our director friends who you're so close with, like just slips their mind or they forget or like things are late or they have a new parent who's working the booster club and they're like, oh, it's fine. Like, I'll just talk to her. And then they forget. And then it's, you know, eight weeks later and you still haven't gotten paid. Yeah. Like it's awkward to be that person texting every week, like, hi, invoice reminder. Remember you owe me $5,000. Like guys, it's not little amounts either. That's the hard part. So I say that as a director who has been the person making the payments, I know that those things can happen. We understand that you are human, but there's a difference between, oops, I was human one time and every year I don't pay you until June of the next year. Well, let's circle it back to your question earlier about what directors can do to make the experience awesome for you is- It's on time. (laughs) But not even that, but ask the question like, how do you want to be paid? When do you want to be paid by? Do you want to be paid- on the last day of camp with a physical check or is mm-hmm. it okay that I send it to you in six weeks? Like if you just mm-hmm. tell me ahead of time so I know what to expect, mm-hmm. I'm That's not huge. I'm not gonna be left wondering like, hey. Cause first of all, honestly, school districts are garbage. Like they just are. That's a real thing. And I will shout it from the rooftops. They, I don't know if people who worked in payment offices worked in payment offices in the real world and paid as poorly on schedule as they do for schools, everyone would be fired. But okay, fine. If you know that what Tori's saying, if you know your district is like, we have to have the service complete before we can cut the check. Okay, great. Then you need to say to Tori, it's going to be three weeks after camp because that's how long the next payment cycle is. You need to know when they cut checks. You need to know how often they send them. That is your job as the director. Cause unfortunately you signed up to be a bookkeeper also welcome to this world. So just walking around being like, Oh, well, it'll probably happen. Or I need to call Susan in the booster club to make call Susan. Then you do it immediately. (laughs) You do not like wait and go, I feel bad. Susan's at her daughter's recital. Text that bitch and be like, girl, you owe me a check last week. Like, that's why I would never take on being Susan's role in a booster club because I would forget all the time. But I know that about myself. Yeah. So like, know yourself, know your district, know your boosters and communicate, I think is the the hold out of that. Wow, that was a good soapbox, guys. That was a fun I bar, I would like you to have a podcast called Show Collective After Dark where we just drink and we just bitch about stuff. Listen, that's not a terrible idea. I'm writing it down right now. And I think that's what we're going to do. Absolutely. I mean, that I could be filmed it. every week when we judge somewhere together. Like just that hour after the cop when we're all broken mentally and exhausted and everyone's in some form of matching pajamas and we're drinking and eating Dots pretzels and just complaining. I, I literally have a bag of Dots pretzels right below I have one like in the kitchen, so like five steps, but you know, oh, Dots pretzels. Oh my God. Okay. Time for the questions that everyone gets asked. The time has come. Okay. I know everybody always stresses about this part, which is funny to me because this is the part that I think is fun, but I will say I had Eric Hayes and Mara Cover on and Eric asked me my favorite shows Oh my gosh, I just realized that. It's a five, six, seven, eight. Um, We're talking, and you can listen to this episode if you haven't, um, because that episode is already out if you're listening to this one, um, that uh, we were like, we need to do a collab, like a show uh, show collective event, five, six, seven, eight collab. And we've been talking about that for like a year. And we're just like, we don't know what we'd want to do. 
And then throughout the course of the interview, like we said the same three things over and over again. And so we're like, that's, those need to be shirts. So that's we're working on it for you. That collab <laughs> is coming for sure, guys. But um, okay. So the first question is always, what is your favorite show that you've ever seen? Meaning you couldn't have had anything to do with its creation. And then the second question is, what's the favorite show that you've ever done? Like you were a part of it, you were there in it, choreographing it, show designing it, whatever. So um, does anyone want to volunteer to go first <laughs> with scene? We're just doing scene right now. You don't have to do done yet. We'll start with the easier one. My favorite one that I've seen was Ankeny Centennial's Titanic show. And I know that's been talked about already. On yes, we I stand said, the Titanic show. Yeah, it's just so so great and I have a thing for Titanic so was that I saw it live that first weekend out because their comp is so early in the year and I was judging it so I got to see them in exhibition and it was first of all a March level performance January like 5th you know so that alone is very like oh okay but your brain just fell out of it like oh so yes people have said it but it bears repeating I'm with you such a great show and that is 2017 uh, guys <laughs> that that show is but again it'll be in the link in the bottom if you haven't watched it you have to it's prerequisite for future episodes of the podcast okay nick okay i think i've narrowed it down to three <laughs> that's like good such actually a hard question <laughs> i know first first of all when i was in high school i was i still am a hardcore show choir nerd like sitting on yeah. youtube watching shows traveling on weekends when i wasn't performing blah blah to blah see shows, so yeah. i've mm -hmm. watched too much show choir um okay so i'm gonna say my first one is franklin central from the massive heart of america orlando year uh topsy turvy what was it 16 2018 18 uh it's just top to bottom my favorite mm -hmm. i just could watch it every day it's um, a good one yeah just so good um so that's one of them that's up there and then my other two i got to see live at the same competition um was the year that los al and ankeny centennial were both at i think it was fame nationals that year yeah where los al did um that was like the cancer show year i think the spaceship situation and los al did carmen oh oh yeah yeah and they were both at God, 20 finals. Eight, seventeen? No, can't be seventeen. What year was that? It might have been sixteen. Sixteen, probably. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Carmen show and Los yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think it's the cancer. year before Titanic. I love how you're just calling it the spaceship cancer show now. That's well, I know, space, but <laughs> space Odyssey, but everyone's heard the stories now that it was about cancer and I know, but like the fact I just... true show partnered. Okay. So now we're on to favorite shows you've ever done. This is always hard for choreographers because you have 7,000 things you've done. So I understand that. Um, but if you can kind of narrow it down to like a couple of things even, or sometimes people just pick numbers. If it needs to be numbers, that's okay too. Like a favorite closer, a favorite opener kind of deal. Um, mine is the painting show from Voices of Central, which is Keller, Texas in 2013. We did Fame Orlando, and that was the year where we did the George Seurat painting. And like cool. it came to life and we did a story with it. That's probably my favorite. I don't know though. The Mitchell ones were good too. I'm just talking until you each have an answer. I have all the ones on the wall behind me actually are like, those are my answers. Like cool. this is Mitchell 2017. 
that's the heart and music year when they were like skeletons oh, and then this is the bird year bird pride is what we call that one uh where they're like wearing <laughs> wearing these like cockatiel costumes at the end macaws and um <laughs> it was Nick McGraw I think it was uh one of the competitions he was like when they came out in those rainbow bird outfits I didn't know whether to clap or salute the flag oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> um and then oh. the top one there I'm showing pictures of my office this one is not even my children this is Burbank 2012 like I had nothing to do with that show but it lives on my wall because I just freaking love that show okay here we go your turn you could do this guys Nick you go first this time. I believe you can fly <clears throat> Okay, so favorite show I've ever had something to do with. I have a couple again, I think. That's good. Yes, that's fine. Okay, so my first one is Tupelo Synergy from this last year. Awesome. Um, their show was titled Letters from War. Um, okay. It was my first year with the program. Uh, we have tried to make it work the past four seasons, but this was the first year that we could make it work. Yeah. And it was truly all the right things at the right time. And yeah. it just was wonderful. So fun. Um, shout out to Danielle. She's one of my besties now. That's good. Um, so that was that's my first one. Okay. Um, so I also am going to say St. Francis, the Bridge Street Singers from oh, I think it was three seasons ago now. Is that the year where her foot falls asleep? No. <laughs> Not that year. <laughs> different years good sense of humor about that like it's one of the greatest things i've ever seen on stage oh, so like, i watch that video often i same I, it's, it's like brings me such joy again i hope she has a good sense of humor about it it's incredible if you do not know what we're talking about you can text one of us i'm sure we have it and can text it to you <laughs> got it at the ready so like 2019 maybe i think it was 19 it was the year they opened uh with tarzan and they were all in like lyrical costumes and the guys 19. were all in tan so that was just a really special so. show. Um, the the show was kind of based around a student who had committed suicide the year before. Okay, so, so it yeah, was I just think a really special experience. Um, yeah. The show itself I really liked, but it was like this really beautiful healing process for all of us mm -hmm. going through it together. So that was one that for sure I won't ever yeah. forget. It was just oh, for sure. really beautiful mm -hmm. and cool. Mm -hmm. And then my last one. <laughs> I'm going to say the year that we started Nova and I'm sure Caroline said the same thing on her episode, but it was just, she the, did the most amazing experience all the right people, right kids. That's kind of what she said too, was just that it's like that. And it is, yeah. it's so rare when that happens, especially as a first year situation that doesn't usually happen. Usually it's a yeah. terrible disaster for a couple of years. So, uh, she told me what year that was, but I can go look. It was like six, 17, oh, 17 something in there it's whatever the first year of nova was <laughs> okay that's narrow it down okay all right tori you're at um nova is also my answer just forever will be amazing um so i love the same show that nick said of franklin central's 2018 part of mm -hmm. america show mm -hmm. that was just like super epic and i loved the music that year and i felt like it really pushed me outside of my comfort zone it was super fun mm -hmm. um Lovelands by request show from 2014. Okay. I believe um, the opener was Freedom by George Michael and Man Like That was the second song and Love Everybody was the fourth song and Love Everybody might be one of my favorite songs I've ever done of all. Yeah. So fun. 
Um, and then my last one is Waukee Millennium Show from, I want to say it was like maybe 2016. Okay. It was the year, Nick, you might know because you're like a Rolodex, but it was the year <laughs> that Olivia was in it and they had those like five girls in the front and the girls was in a white dress. So yeah. Was that the year that um, they did Delta Ray and like yeah. Liz Pauls was still in it? I think it was her senior year. So maybe I, it was, someone call Liz. What year? No, I'm sure. 2016 is or think, 17. Right? Yeah, okay. 16 or 17. What's the song in it? So when I'm looking for it, I'll know what I'm looking uh, for. I, Expensive, Tori Kelly was the girl yeah. song. And Gold, I it's called Secret I Tops Will Never Die by Delta Ray. Yeah. Okay. Was the second song. Got it. We will find it. I will find out whether so it's 16 or 17. I love that. That's, you know, I love that you have some similar role over there and not even necessarily, like, I love that the collaboration you've done is on both of your lists. I think that speaks volumes for why this is valuable and why that's a thing. Um, but also that you have like mutual respect for each other. You have like some of each other's stuff on there, which I love. Um, so as far as like summation of collaboration goes, cause you know, we're talking about collaboration on the season as a whole in a lot of the episodes, it's kind of partially the secret theme of the season. It's just, you know, Nick's already said it. If he could do every show, like collaborating, he totally would. Um, yeah. But I would like Tori, I want to give you a chance to kind of weigh in on that. Would you feel the same way? Would you always rather do that? Is there any scenario where you'd want to do it alone? No, absolutely not. I just think it's so much better like you will never get as good of a product doing it by yourself as you would with other people. Mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. having a team is the key to like amazing creative content. Mm -hmm. it's more brains than one, you know? I think when I'm looking at all of our favorites too, there, yeah, I think there's a team behind like all of our favorites. I am looking at the list kind of going, I don't think there's any of those where there isn't at least two directors or a director and a designer kind of situation. Yeah. And for sh like, there's like two choreographers in a lot of those. So, I mean, that's, I think that's a important point to make there as well. I mean, it's not saying that you can't do good work. You absolutely have plenty of shows that are great where it's the one person doing the choreography and the one director. But I would also say that in that sense, there's still collaboration because in your shows that are your favorite where you're just the director, your collaborator, or where you're just the choreographer, one choreographer, your collaborator is the director. You know what I mean? Like there's still mm -hmm. that balance probably in most of those scenarios. When I think back, like so many people mentioned like Wheaton Warrenville South's 2012 Oz show, right? As a favorite. Yeah. So okay. So like Burlace is like the director, right? And doing all the arranging at that point. And Dwight is choreographing. Okay. But like Burlace and Dwight are like, hella collaborating when they're doing you know what I mean like there's such mm -hmm. a good collaborative spirit there between those two so that's why you're getting that product so um so we're all in agreement everybody thinks that everybody should just collaborate and so now you've put that out in the universe and people are only going to hire you as a parent now is what's going to happen well, and I will also say like as a professional collaborating with someone like I've learned so much from being with Nick mm -hmm. and watching Nick teach and watching him create like I mean, he's my bestie. We all know that. And I love mm -hmm. him. Like also just as a professional to watch another professional do what they yeah. do. You, in, you like unconsciously are learning so much from that person. So it's actually mm -hmm. making you better. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, I agree. Um, I just love that you guys agreed to do this. I knew it was going to be a super fun conversation. I definitely think we need to do an after dark edition someday. That's 
a thing I'm going to deeply think about for maybe the season finale. (laughs) (laughs) Please. It's just to preach into the choir after dark and just let everyone have libations and talk shit about things. But um, I love it. Thank you both so much. And then I wish you the greatest of luck in the crazy season that is (laughs) upon you that we will not talk about yet. Still have time, guys. Summer is still happening. You're fine. Bye. Bye.